Welcome to the Business Bookshelf Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Pepler. Like you, I'm a lifetime learner and find books one of the best ways to do this. The purpose of this podcast, then, is to interview authors of new business books, get insights into their thinking, lives, and businesses, all in a like-friendly manner. Before we start, can I ask that if you think someone will benefit from listening to a podcast about authors discussing their books, which covers a broad range of business-related topics, then won't you tell them about the podcast? And if you haven't subscribed, then consider doing that as well. Today, our guest is John Isaacson. John, the Intentional Restorer, is an author and host of the DYOJO podcast. John speaks, writes, and coaches through his organization, the DYOJO, helping the skilled trades to shorten their dang learning curve for personal and professional development. John is an author and creator of the book, Be Intentional Culture, How the Small Things Enhance and Undermine or Undermine Your Culture. In business, the question with regards to culture is not whether your organization has a culture. The question you should be asking is whether your culture has evolved by chance or because you have been intentional in developing it. If your goal is to have a healthy and thriving team, culture is the means through which you care for your organization. Enjoy the interview. Thank you, Lance. Thank you very much. Cool. So where am I speaking to you from today? So I'm in Tacoma, Washington, which is just south of Seattle. Awesome. It's an amazing part of the world. My wife spent several months in Seattle on her MBA in exchange. So she yeah. really, really has fun memories. So when it isn't lockdown, and I don't know if it's lockdown at the moment there, but what do you like doing around Seattle? Oh, man. Uh, well, especially this part of the Northwest, your wife probably saw it. You, can, you always have really great views of Mount Rainier. Um, oh. So it's really, really pretty. You got the ocean. Uh, we've got lots of trees and those kinds of things. And so um, this last weekend, I was able to get out and golf with my two sons. So that was a lot of fun. So the weather held up. <laughs> cool. Yeah, because it rains a lot there, doesn't it? It rains quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, it, yes and no. Not quite as much as you might think, but uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely quite a bit. <laughs> you're, always, you're always seeing it raining in Seattle. And then, yep. of course, Seattle is where Microsoft and all the different IT companies are in Seattle. Yep. And that's your, that's your neck of the woods, right? You're, a, you're an IT guy? That's right. Yeah, I'm working for a Microsoft partner at the moment, actually. But not, oh, wow. not, not that I'll ever go to Seattle to visit Microsoft. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you um, ever do, look me up. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. I will. So, John, could you tell us your story and a little bit about Diageo's podcast that you do? Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, uh, I I got into property restoration by chance. Are you familiar? So, you call your insurance. I don't know if it's the same in South Africa. You call your insurance company if you have a water damage break or a fire in your home. Yeah, and definitely. They send a company out to help you navigate that process. And so, so that's kind of when I say property restoration, that's what I'm talking about, insurance claims. And yeah. um, I answered an ad for carpet cleaning back in, I think it was 2002. And uh, they had just started a mold remediation division. And so I thought I was going to be in something else. I thought I was going to be doing something <laughs> else. And um, the doors kept opening in property restoration. I had a really good manager. Um, you know, that uh, taught me a lot about culture. And so I got sucked in, um, you know, and uh, I wonder if that's the same for IT. Did you set out intending to get into the IT field or? 
I don't, you're, I find that my life has changed. So now I'm in yeah. sales. And when I first started, I was like a programmer. And then you kind of figure out what you're good at and what you like. And then your yeah. life seems to take a course all by itself almost. I don't know if it's the same thing happened to you. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I struggle with, you know, people say, uh, do something you'll love and you'll never work a day in your life. And I think it's more, in my experience, it's been try to find something that's engaging and challenging in anything that you're doing and, and you can have a go at it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what are the, a... some of the worst properties you've restored? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> Is it fire yeah. damage or water damage? Well, I guess it depends on how graphic you want to get. We deal with, we deal with it all. So blood, mold, um, oh, wow. uh, fire. Um, yeah. Fire is always really interesting because you have a mix of water and fire. And, um, you know, obviously it's, it's a lot more, it impacts the structure a whole lot more. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. We, we, we've done it all. One, one that I did uh, on the coast of Santa Barbara, we walked in and there's mushrooms growing, you know, off the ceiling and the bedding and everything. Cause the water had been running for so long, you know, it was wow. a, like a property. So that was pretty interesting seeing, you know, a wild environment inside of a house. <laughs> Do you basically have to knock it down and restart again? That one in particular, we didn't, um, you know, the structure was still sound. So we, we, you know, got rid of all the drywall and all the, the fixtures and then stripped it down to the structure and then restored it. It's a, it's amazing because I'm like over 50 now. I've just turned 50 in December and I find myself on TV watching the cooking programs and then the home channel where they do like the renovations and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think your routine is similar to ours. I turn the cooking channel on as I'm going to bed and then I get hungry. So I have to, you know, go get a, a <laughs> probably not the best time to eat, right? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. All right, Tano, so I'm going to talk about your podcast a little later because we have something in common. But before yeah. that, I want to talk about your book. So congratulations on your book, Be Intentional, Culture, How the Small Things Enhance or Undermine Your Culture. So what led you to writing a book on culture? And can you give us a brief overview of it? Um, so th this book in particular, we were talking offline, Seth Godin, I think is a name that most people know. Mm. I got a book a long time ago. It was called the big moo and there was multiple authors in there. Um, I remember Mark Cuban of the Dallas Mavericks was one of the authors, wow. but they didn't, um, they didn't tell you who wrote the chapter and his whole premise was, um, I think all of the money from that went to like a charity or something like that. But, um, the premise was let the ideas stand on their own. And so I remember that being, you know, what a unique way to write a book and that these top tier, you know, thinkers would, would do it without getting, you know, direct credit for their work. And um, so I wanted, I've always wanted to publish a book. And um, that was my thought was I could, I could write with a group of authors. And yeah. so we had this, I think it was 2019, you know, we went through this phase, we had a publisher lined up, we had an initial group of authors, we wanted to round it out a little bit more. So people suggested people that they thought would be good contributors. Um, and then life happened. And then COVID happened. And, um, and so I found myself having to self publish. And so I didn't think it was fair to um, have my first self publishing experience be one that impacted others. So I, um, I had a book. Um, it's called Be Intentional, Be Intentional Estimating. Um, and so it's a little bit smaller book and more specific to our industry. 
Mm. So I greenlit that one, you know, kind of uh, broke my teeth, you know, learned how to do the publishing process on that one and then published this one. So, um, but that was, I was, the idea was bringing people, real world leaders that are practicing real world, small things that have made a big impact in their businesses um, and in their, you know, areas of expertise and then sharing that with people. So. Yeah, absolutely. And self-publishing is not a bad way to go. My dad's written five books, I think, and he's self-published oh, wow. every single one of them. And Very then cool. I've written a book and self-published it. So, you know, these days you don't have to print thousands of copies of a book. You can like publish yeah. it on Amazon. Yep. So it, well, it's, it's even, a lot more. They handle the distribution and everything too. So. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Yeah. And so how, so you mentioned that your book is a collection of contributions from different people, yourself and others. So where did you actually find these people? Did you join groups or how did you find these like-minded people? Yeah, uh, let's see. Most of the, most of them I know personally and several of them have been um, guests on the podcast. And then there's a few authors that uh, were recommended um, from other people that were either currently a part of the project or were a part of the project in its early stages. So most of them are uh, either property restoration or insurance in that realm, the larger realm of insurance, um, you know, adjacent or whatnot. And so uh, okay. the majority of them, though, I know directly or they've been a guest on the podcast or we've written something together in the past. Hmm. So let's start at the beginning because culture is super important for any company. And yeah. why, why should companies care about culture? So let's go back. To, let's really start at the beginning and the basics. So culture, what is it and why should we care? Yeah, well, and that's kind of one of the points of the book is, you know, not making culture. It's a, it's a, it's a catchword, right? It's a, you know, yeah, 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 culture. But um, that's one of the points of the book is culture is who you are, you know? Mm. So it's uh, like you mentioned in the opening of the podcast, the question is not whether you have a culture, but whether you've been intentional in trying to develop it. Um, yeah. I don't think it's something that you can force, you know, you have to allow it to flow. Um, but basically it comes out of your norms and expectations is kind of where your input is. And then um, seeing how that filters through, and so, um, you know, we say on the back of the book, taking care of your culture is critical to taking care of your people. Taking care of your people is essential to taking care of your customers. Yeah. And then taking care of your customers is a foundation of a sustainable business. Therefore, developing, adapting, and caring for your culture is vital to your vitality as an organization. So I think especially in the modern era, you know, it used to be like finding clients was the, the biggest challenge. Now it's finding good people. You know, and so if you want those upper tier customers and you want to have a sustainable business, people is the critical component, you know, getting the right people on the team, getting them developed and keeping them, you know. Um, Absolutely. In, yep. And I've just joined a company starting in January and I, I worked by myself last year. I tried to, you know, start a business and battled a little bit during COVID, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, and then I rejoined the company or joined a company this year. And I just love being in a culture now because once you've by yourself and you're working in a, as a solopreneur, you don't realize what a great thing it is to work with other people. Even if it, you clash or, you know, there's friction, yeah. a culture is awesome. And then in yeah. our office, we've got a whole list of things that we adhere to, like extreme ownership and all these kind of things to create that culture 
uh, yep. teamwork and you know community within the company. Yeah, I listened but, to your um, your interview with Zoe Roth. Um, what is that? People stuff. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, I got a, I finally got a copy of her book, and so I'm looking forward to reading that. But uh, I was just listening on the way into work. Um, you had your psych eval, so it sounds like you uh, you passed your uh, psychological evaluation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you share personal stuff on your podcast as well? <laughs> but I, I lo- sorry, I love Zoe Roth. I absolutely love her. She's so yeah. fantastic, um, and it's fantastic that you bought her book. Now, your book starts in, in the title, it says small things. And if we look intentional culture, how the small things enhance or undermine your culture. So yeah. in that you're implying that it's maybe, you know, not big things the whole time, but it's a whole list of different small things that will make or change your culture. Can you talk yeah. us a bit about that and the, the small things that people need to do? Yeah, there's a quote, I can't remember, I think it was by Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Um, so I thought that was a really cool awesome. um, uh, uh, kind of analogy for the book or a quote for the book. But yeah, the, that's uh, what we reached out to each of the authors. And what we really asked people to kind of dive into is, um, can you think of uh, an experience of a, of a small thing that you did that either and or um, helped enhance your culture or undermine it. And so uh, one example I have in the book, I remember something that stuck out to me big time was um, we were getting ready to have these meetings, right? The notorious uh, meetings that everybody loves to attend and uh, especially now with Zoom, right? Yeah. But uh, I was like, if we're going to have these meetings, let's let's bring some, you know, people are coming in early. They're coming in before work. I was like, let's have some nice coffee and let's have some donuts. You know, let's let's provide some kind of sustenance, Right. And uh, I had a manager that told me, well, be careful, because if you buy people donuts, they'll start to expect them. And I was thinking, <laughs> well, God forbid, you know, that uh, we, you know, we spend $10, $20 on donuts and, and people begin to expect that because we're calling them into this meeting. Um, and, and so and early as well. So yeah, before work, yeah. is that, was that right? Yep. yep. <laughs> so so that, that was, you know, I think you know, plus food kind of, it's a, it's an icebreaker, you know, it, it, it breaks things down. Um, I think there was a commercial lately, what it was, I think it was Philadelphia cream cheese. And they were talking about, Oh, they got the, the bagels and the cream cheese out. And it was like, we're having a meeting, you know? And so <laughs> it is kind of funny how you, know, you have those little relics or whatever. And so that was, I remember that stuck out to me as far as culture goes, you know, just that mixed message of, the meeting usually is about customer service, right? But then we're not serving the people that are serving our customers and, and there's a disconnect there. There's some dissonance. But talking about the chapters that you've done, you've done another one, which I really enjoyed as a musician, which is a walk through the warehouse. Can you tell us your story about that and you know what company it relates to, et cetera? Yeah, I was, uh, I actually, I have to give credit. I was listening to a podcast. I, I, I can't recall which one it was, but they did... Um, they kind of mentioned in passing a character named Ted McCarthy, um, and he was kind of an unknown. Um, uh, he, well, he wasn't unknown at the time, so it's really interesting. He was getting ready to go. He worked in the music industry. I don't remember exactly. He sold instruments, those kinds of things. He was getting to, ready to go to Bratch's, um, the candy company, but the boss uh, that w- had to sign off on his hiring uh, was on vacation. And so in that interim, 
a fellow that had just purchased uh, Gibson guitars, which was underperforming at the time. I think most people are familiar with Gibson. Was that uh, uh, Led Zeppelin played Gibsons and um, uh, Guns N' Roses? Slash from Guns N' Roses is iconic for his Gibson. Yeah, yeah. So, Everyone's heard of Gibson, I think, and Fender, but Gibson. Yeah, and it's hard to imagine a time when they weren't, you know, um, cream of the crop. And so, um, you know, they're coming out of World War II. So the the new owner uh, brings Ted McCarthy in and wants to hire him. And so since Bratches had this process that was cumbersome and, and the guy that, you know, the, the, the stopgap um, was on vacation, uh, Gibson was able to get Ted. But one of the most unique things about what he did, his first thing he did was go down to the floor. So I feel like Ted was kind of one of those hidden gems, you know, that exposes that if, you're, if your processes are too cumbersome, you're going to miss out. Yeah. Um, and then he went down to the warehouse floor. Uh, he just instantly started meeting with people, asking people what their thoughts were. He found a hidden gem. Um, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but uh, that became kind of basically his partner. Well, I'll have to read your life. book. Yeah, I'll have to get uh, <laughs> back to it. Uh, and uh, but that was that what that became a part of his process was daily kind of walking through the warehouse, you know, getting a feel and a sense for what was going on. I interwove that uh, with uh, Sheldon Yellen from Belfour Property Restoration, you know, uh, going on Undercover Boss and, and some of those, the things that he drew out of that experience too. So, um, so I think that chapter has kind of twofold is, you know, listening to your people and then also looking for those hidden gems, you know. Yeah, there, there's stories of legendary, legendary CEOs who know everybody in their company by name and yeah. sign yeah. birthday cards and do all these kind of things to get to know the people. So yeah. it's vital to create a culture. Yep. You need to know your people. Yep. Um, and then something else that I thought was really interesting was a contribution by Lisa Lavender, who writes a chapter titled Say Thank You, Why it's so, This is So Important. And you know, when I look at my career, the amount of times that people have said thank you are so few oh. and far between. And yet it's yeah. such an easy thing to do. Like it actually costs nothing to say thank you. Yeah. You're not buying chocolates or anything. You're just saying thank you. Yeah. And so few people actually say thank you. So, um, you know, why that, but you, that chapter says that th saying thank you is very important, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. When she, uh, so she's an owner, she's uh, super hardworking. She's got, uh, she's got a restoration company. She has a training institute and she works with uh, something close to uh, your heart with uh, software for our, um, our industry. And so mm -hmm. she's got all these pokes in the fire, but, um, but, and, and, and if you've ever listened to her, we just tried to do uh, meet the author thing. Um, and my internet was not participating, but uh, she was just talking about that and the importance <laughs> of exactly that. When you've been, I think there's there's a, a little twist on that too, is being sincere, you know, saying thank you is key. Um, and she talks about, it can be something as simple as sending somebody a text, you know, they've been out at two o'clock in the morning in our industry, you know, sucking out of water out of somebody's house and just saying, thank you for doing that. Um, um, and those kinds of things, but being, being specific too, you know, thank you. Do you realize when you did that, this helped this person in this way, or, you know, I really appreciate that you did that for me. And it is wild how we, we, we forget that, right. We miss those small moments to just say, <laughs> thank you, you know, stop being so busy and, uh, and, uh, appreciate people that are helping us, um, build our business and those kinds of things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
what other things about culture could you mention to us and help us? If someone's listening to this podcast and they're thinking, what else can I put in place in my company to improve the culture? What would you say to that person to look out for, to maybe to implement? Well, I think it, another catchword that gets used a lot is that authenticity, right? And I think it's, mm. I think part of that is, I learned early on, like I said, when I got into this industry at a manager, he knew what his strengths were and he knew what his weaknesses were. And I think sometimes we're afraid to confront, you know, our weaknesses or our shortcomings, but those, when you optimize your strengths and you vocalize your weaknesses, it creates opportunities for others to fill those voids and round out the team. And so I think culture is not, if, if you're, if you feel like your, your culture is one area or your workplace is somewhere and you're trying to move it forward where it's aspirational, uh, you got to make sure that there's, that's the, the small things, right? Take the small steps towards where you're trying to, to go, what you're trying to be. And it starts, I think it starts for people in a position of leadership is, you know, recognizing what your strengths and weaknesses are, your roles and responsibilities and contributions, and then allowing other people to, you know, input on that and also um, help you know, get it to where you're trying to go. It is a collective effort, you know, if you're talking about culture. <laughs> mm. I interviewed a, a guy called Minter Dial and he, he wrote a book called You Lead. And basically okay. he speaks about exactly that, that topic where a leader needs to be authentic and bring his own self to, to his work environment and yeah. not pretend to be somebody else or, you know, yeah. shape himself into what others expect him to be. It's just like, be himself, be authentic. Yeah. And then it's all those different attributes, like the, the humility and you mm. know, all, all these soft skills that are so important now for culture where you don't lord yourself over, no command, like less command and control and more collaborative type of environment, yeah, yeah. all these things. Yep. And say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and say thank you. That's awesome. So, John, um, could you tell us about, going back to the beginning again, um, so Dijo, Diojo, could you tell us a little bit about that in the podcast and how it's working for you and what kind of guests you get on it and a little bit about Diojo? Yeah, I, I, I guess I wanted to ask you a question too. You started the podcast uh, about the time you started your business in February 2020. Is that correct? Actually, October last year. Okay. So, yeah. And I did that just to drive business to try and you know, establish a brand for myself and credibility yeah. and then to establish my business. It didn't really work out for me, but not, um, but that's the reason why I started it for sure. Yeah. So similar, I, I, I uh, well, actually the, when, when COVID uh, touched down here, what March, I think it went into full uh, in March of 2020, uh, our industry is full of people that, um, you know, service those kinds of like cleanups and those kinds of things and yeah. doing the disinfecting. And, um, so I felt like a lot of people were approaching that. Um, and I wanted to reach out a few people kind of outside of that circle and get some input. And so I started, um, interviewing a few people and it was just going to be on YouTube and a friend of mine, Jarrett, uh, that runs a podcast called the GMS podcast. I asked him what he was using, um, to run his podcast. And I found out I could take the audio from the video and easily yeah. transport it into the audio format. 
Um, and so, you know, that was just kind of a way of, of helping get the information out. And I think it sounds like similar to your experience, you're, you're trying to put con quality content out there that maybe makes people aware of what you're doing and, and kind of highlights um, others. I think, you know, um, when you make it a win-win, when you help people promote what they're trying to do um, and what they've learned and it helps others, I guess that's a win-win-win, right? It's helping you interact with that person, that person interact with the audience. And then, you know, hopefully it makes full circle, right? You, uh, mm. what's and the are you, are you trying to point them some way or are you doing it just for the sake of the podcast itself? Or are you trying to funnel them into your business eventually? Is that kind of the purpose of the podcast? Yeah, the, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we want to drive sales for the books, right? We want to feed our families and, uh, yeah. and we want to, uh, by the Teslas. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do some coaching um, similar to yourself uh, within our industry and within skilled trades in the broader sense. And so the goal is, um, you know, the for myself, and it sounds like that's where you're at right now, I've got a, mm. a, a day job that pays the bills and I enjoy doing. Um, and so this is maybe just longer term helps uh, build, like you said, brand awareness or um, uh, also self-education. I mean, as every time, I'm sure you feel that way. Every time I interview somebody, I'm always learning something, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think in our industry, I'm, I've got enough experience that I'm not uh, a new guy. And then, but compared to others, maybe not as much as some of the, you know, the really experienced people. So I'm trying to bridge that gap. And we say shorten the dang learning curve, you know, help people um, maybe learn from the mistakes, you know, because really what makes somebody successful, uh, what is it? Uh, success comes from experience and experience comes from failure, you know, so mm. <laughs> learn from the failures of others and uh, shorten your dang learning curve. So, huh. and, and what have been some of the episodes that have stood out for you? Because you've got a variety of things here. Um, and then you've got repeat episodes or uh, episodes on a similar thing, like Pro versus Joe or um, yeah. about claim disputes. So what are, what are ones that have particularly stood out for you? One, one that, uh, and somebody you might want to reach out to, there's an author in Santa Barbara, Lex Sisney. He wrote this book called Organizational Physics. Ah. And he applies the first two rules of, uh, of uh, thermodynamics um, into a business, you know, to, um, you know, universal principles of business and scaling. Uh, he's a scaling expert. So I was glad that uh, he um, was willing to come on. Um, I, uh, I was able to interview my mentor, Denis, uh, and he came on as well. And so that was a fun chat. One wow. recently that you mentioned, Bill Wilson wrote a book called When Words Collide, and it's about resolving claims disputes, but um, it, it works as a really good process just for resolving, you know, disputes and negotiations in general, you know, because he talks about being reasonable and trying to, to, to get to a good resolution based on principles as opposed to emotions or, you know, trying to take it to the max, you know, so um yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know if I could say if I had a favorite one, but I, I definitely don't have, there's, it hasn't been one where I was like, you know, all of them. <laughs> I, I was asked my favorite episode the other day and I, I battled a little bit. So you've done much better than I would. 
Um, so John what are your plans for 2021 um just making money boom 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 (laughs) (laughs) um i mean honestly you know like you talked about like uh especially if you self-publish um you know you're you're trying to get the word out Uh, the beautiful thing about business in the modern era is there's very little barriers to to entry right Um, yeah so uh, the same thing with books or with podcasting, you know, it's how do you get the word out and um, hopefully create, you know, content that is resonating with people that helps them, you know, so um, I have really, really enjoyed listening to your business bookshelf. It's uh, kind of gives you a, a synopsis of the books and then you're hearing directly from the author, you know, so wow. um, and, and a lot of them are books that I hadn't come across because there's just so many books right so yeah i love it when it uh my feed refreshes and there's another podcast from lance you know so i can uh hear about wow. another, another you book. need you need to tell others to listen to my podcast as well uh, absolutely absolutely <laughs> yep so john i really appreciate you and thank you so much for joining today and thank you for your book be intentional culture how the small things enhance or undermine your culture and I pre- presume you can get it on Amazon and you can order it from there, et cetera. Yep. And then, yep. Uh, yeah, it's uh, right now it's in Kindle and paperback. And um, if there's any organizations out there that want to order it in bulk for their whole team, then, uh, you know, contact the Diojo and we can do bulk order discounts. So Awesome. I'll have the link in the show notes where people can buy it and link awesome. to your website and different ways. You're about, and you're on LinkedIn, I presume. I'll have your LinkedIn address yep. where people can find you on LinkedIn. Yeah. Thank you very, very much, John. I really appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Lance. And uh, enjoy your evening as our day is just getting started. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope you, the listener, has found this as interesting and useful as I did. I'll have all of John's details in the show notes. If you'd like to contact me, then please do. My email is lance at ideastorm.co.za. And like I say, every episode now, if if you've read a book, and you would like me to interview the author, then please let me know. I've actually got a little bit of a competition. So if you say, you know, if you nominate an author and I get to interview that person, then I'll send you a branded t-shirt. How's that, John? Nice. Yeah, Very with nice. like business bookshelf branded t-shirts, a collector's item. Yeah. Is that with the, <laughs> the new logo or the old logo? I know, I can have the new logo. Maybe that, yeah. Oh. First prize is the old logo. First prize is the new logo and second prize is the old logo. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you so much, John. So until next time, everyone, goodbye. Stay safe. Stay well. Bye. Thank you, Lance.